Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. This week, we're talking about our reading and writing goals. Because in case you have forgotten, we're both authors. We are. It would be super neat if you felt like buying some of our stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And we're also big readers as well. Yes. We talk about our reading goals. Yeah. In fact, let's, if you want to start out with that, let's talk about our New Year's reading goals. Sure. So last year, I always do the Goodreads reading challenge. Mm -hmm. And last year, I read 44 books. So I have, for this year, I have, I upped my goal to 52 to see if I can hit that. We'll, we'll see. Cool. What about you? Yeah. Last year, I always, I also do the Goodreads reading challenge. Last year, I set it at 30 and I only made it to 27. So that's still pretty good. That's still pretty good. I, so since I failed, I just set it at 30 again because I was so close. I feel, I feel like with a little extra oomph, I could have made it. I will tell you my best year, just because I'm so like proud of it. 2018, my goal was 52, and I read 83. That's awesome. Yeah. Did, did you say 2018? Yes. That was my best year as well. Really? Yeah. That's, that's weird. <laughs> what did you? How many did you get in 2018? Um, I my goal was 104, and I read 122. Nice. Oh my gosh, that's so great. I yeah I. I don't remember why I was so like (laughs) prolific (laughs) that year, but uh, I think I also was reading a lot of graphic novels, which I haven't done in a while. So I think I'm going to try to pick some up that I haven't pick up some series that I haven't touched in a while and help me get to my goal this year. (laughs) Well, same. I feel like that in 2018, I know I was reading a lot of graphic novels and I was still in grad school. So a lot of that was school books. Right. But I ironically, I feel like last year I was slowed down because of other school things. Like mostly I was reading articles, mm-hmm. not as many books. But yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to start a, a spreadsheet this year Ooh. to track pages and words Oh, that will help me. Like Goodreads is, most, is for books mostly. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to also convert to Storygraph as well. But I want to keep something for myself so I can keep track of, like, articles Mm -hmm. and fanfic sometimes. Oh, fun. And just, yeah, just whatever to get a broader picture of what I read throughout the year. Yeah. What is Storygraph? I haven't heard of that. Storygraph is like Goodreads, Mm -hmm. but it's not Amazon-owned. Oh. (laughs) And I think it's a Black-owned business. But it's, it's pretty similar, except a few upgrades i guess are you could do half stars on storygraph oh and they will let you kind of tag things actually let me bring mine up okay so (laughs) storygraph also lets you post content warnings and it lets you tag moods and different things like the pace of the story, if it's fast, medium, or slow. Oh. Is it plot or character driven? Is there strong character development? And a lot of these questions are just, or all of these questions are answered by the community. So 44% said this book I'm looking at is character driven. 22% said it was plot driven. 
Are there lovable characters? Is there a diverse cast of characters? Oh. And is the flaws of the main characters a main focus? So I think it's oh. a lot broader than Goodreads. And yeah. it can give you a better idea of whether you'll actually like something before oh you go into goodness. it. I love that. <laughs> that is so cool. There you go. Friend me. I will. Okay. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. But if I, I don't want to get rid of Goodreads because I use that for other purposes. So another thing that I will mention is you can import your Goodreads over to your Storygraph. What? Yeah. Okay. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to download that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I've been trying to use both, but I got a little behind on Storygraph. Okay. But I love that that you can I mean, I get the half the problem with me and reading when I'm done with a book is that I don't always know what I want next. Mm-hmm. And I get very like indecisiony, and I I give up on stuff I have in progress really easily, and yeah. So like that would be so helpful if I'm like, you know, I really want a detective noir, but it has to be funny and it has to have women in it or what you know, like whatever. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I think you would like that a lot. Yeah. Very cool. And I, you know, I love to answer surveys, so like I want to give <laughs> that do. kind of feedback. <laughs> I do. I don't know why. Neat. Okay. Yeah. So you are a more prolific reader than I am. Do you have any tips? We didn't practice this part, but do you have any tips for (laughs) how, like, what's your reading practice? Like, how often do you read and what settings and how do you get through stuff a little bit quicker than I do? Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually do consider myself a slow reader. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things that has really helped, and I've preached this before, is audiobooks. Yes. But that's also because I, before, I had a relatively long commute to work, and now I go visit my family in Pennsylvania, which is a three-hour trip sometimes, although I don't know how often I'll be doing that right now. <laughs> so those those are really helpful. And I will also listen to them when I go on walks, or even, like, I went to the post office today, which is 15 minutes away. And I got in half an hour of my audiobook. So little things like that. Sometimes when I have a menial task at work, I will put it on. I make sure to have headphones, though, because it's always weird if, <laughs> like, no matter what kind of book it is, it's weird if someone walks in on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, my reading a physical book kind of goes up and down in terms of how much I do it. So when I notice I haven't done it in a while... I really try to make an effort to say, okay, I'm going to set aside an hour tonight just to read. And especially this past week, I've been reading maybe half an hour or an hour before I go to bed. Uh So yeah, it's just kind of making the time for it, which not everyone can do, I understand. And sometimes I can't do it. Sometimes I have to do X, Y, or Z instead. Uh So it's just being conscious of it and mindful, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's that's probably not helpful. No, it is. I think my other hang up other than time is I like to read for the quality of the words themselves and mm-hmm. kind of subconsciously study how this person wrote this book, no matter what the genre is. I'm randomly I'm reading a book right now that's nonfiction about the history of black women's participation in popular music from multiple standpoints. And it's really, really long. Oh, cool. And it's weirdly written really beautifully. Okay. And 
like that kind of book I would normally kind of quasi skim through and and read it for the content information more so than the style. But because this author is writing it kind of interestingly, quasi poetically, it's really hard to read it very quickly. Yeah. And I am kind of trying to get through it quickly. So it's breaking my heart that I can't devour it for that right now. So I either, I don't know, is that a habit that I should get out of, do you think? Or should I just acknowledge that's my process and how I prefer to to read when I'm reading like visually, not audio? Right. Yeah. No, I think you should just acknowledge that that's how you read. Mm -hmm. That's what I've done. Because yeah, I'm very like, I have to read every word and I say it in my head. So it's, it's slow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I used before I used to be like, okay, well, if I don't read 50 pages today, like, that's a failure. But that's why I set aside time. Or lately, I've been like, okay, I'm gonna get through a chapter. And then however long that takes me, that's how long it takes me. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't think you can really force yourself to be a different sort of reader. And, you know, if you forced yourself to skim through that book, you would be missing the beautiful writing. So I don't I think either way, you're missing out on something. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily I don't think reading more is better Mm-hmm. than reading deeply. I think yeah. that you get you get two different experiences. Yeah. Okay. I feel better about that. <laughs> okay. I hope so. I do think I'm going to I'm going to make a more concerted effort though to read some graphic novels and some um I don't know, types of things that can be read a little bit more quickly to up my to get to that goal even if it's mm-hmm. relatively modest even if a lot of the other stuff I read more slowly yeah even even like a really pulpy like novel that's just kind of short and pithy even those like I'm reading a a romance novel right now and even something like that I tend to read it as if it's Shakespeare (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I feel like everyone maybe because I'm a writer too I feel like everyone who took that time deserves that attention do you know what I mean yeah that makes sense so why would you change that I don't know I will say one funny thing is that I used to, like at various points in my life, I have subscribed to the New Yorker and I I really love the New Yorker for long form articles. And I've had to basically acknowledge that I cannot subscribe to it because it will just be a pile (laughs) because I like to read it cover to cover every article. And that's like, I don't know anyone who can actually do that. So it's, and it's weekly. So it's just this shame. (laughs) So I will occasionally like read it on the website or like get a Kindle edition of one issue randomly or buy one issue at the airport or something. (laughs) But I cannot, I'm not allowed to subscribe to it because it's like, no, it's just going to sit there. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I think I would be the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Well, so what are your writing goals? This is probably a bigger well, actually, before we transition to that, yeah, I want to yeah. mention a little thing that I found online. Mm-hmm. Right at the turn of the, the new year, there's this thing called the 12 Challenge. Oh, yeah. Where you ask for recommendations, and I asked both on Facebook and Twitter, and I've got more than 12 recommendations. <laughs> but I pared it down mostly just by who had answered first and whether I knew the person, because... A lot of people on Twitter I didn't know, which is fine. I still put them on my list, but not on this particular list. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was a really interesting way, because there's a lot of stuff on here that I 
like will I was like it's on my list I'll get to it but now that someone has actually recommended it to me it'll go a little bit higher and I'm mm-hmm. gonna try to finish it this year mm-hmm. so you recommended one to me yes Kiss Me Deadly by yeah. your fave Jesse Thomas yes who will hopefully be on the show at some point yes and I got a pretty good mix of things i don't know if you want me to name all 12 yeah do it i want to know what your goals are yeah okay yeah so the first one is a psalm for the wild built by becky chambers okay only one person gave me nonfiction, and it's it's a book called here's to my sweet satan how the (laughs) (laughs) how the occult haunted music novels and pop culture from 1966 to 1980 oh wow yeah that sounds really fun okay I'm excited for that one. First Grave on the Right by Dorinda Jones. Otherland by Tad Williams. Tempest Blades, The Withered King by Ricardo Victoria, who is an indie author, and I share a table of contents with him in an anthology. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Dark Rise by C.S. Packett, P-A-C-A-T. That was from our friend Jenny. Oh. Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison. Rosemary and Rue by Shannon McGuire. And that was from our friend Rachel. Oh. And then Leisha's Song by Lynn Slaughter, who's another shoe alum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to, to get to those. That's great. I don't have a systematic plan. I just want to finish a lot of things that I have in progress. And I have like... I want to say about six active books right now. So I mostly just want to get those done. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good goal. I should, yeah. I should also have that goal, actually. <laughs> I also want to like loosely, I want to have the goal of, I read a lot on my Kindle and I want to get back into reading physical books because I have books piled up all over the mantle in my bedroom and it's kind of almost a shame as I look at the ones I haven't read. So <laughs> Maybe I should alternate a Kindle book and a physical book. So, yeah, I think that's a good goal. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, let's let's move to writing goals. Yeah, this is more shame. Why? <laughs> no, no, no. I have three active projects, and okay. I feel like if I plus some like little shorter side things, like I have a conference presentation I'm preparing for, okay, which is not really written per se, but I have a nonfiction book. And I have two different fiction books, one under my primary K.W. Taylor brand and another on a little side brand that I have. And I feel like if I can get those drafted in 2022, I will feel very proud. And if I work on other things on the side, that's fine. But I need to make sure that those three are the are the priority. So yeah, that makes sense. Well, your nonfiction is under contract, right? Yes. So I have to so do that one. That's, yeah, that's a priority. Yeah. Your regular K.W. Taylor one, that is mm-hmm. a sci-fi follow-up to... Yes, that's a sci-fi follow-up to The Curiosity Killers, available cool. from Dogstar Books, everywhere you buy books. Yes, it's available, guys. Go read it. <laughs> so read it. The Curiosity Killers. <laughs> so I have a sequel to that that I've been working on for about four years since that came out, or actually now five years or so. And that just got slowed down because of going back to school and that whole thing. But I have been steadily chipping away at it that whole time. Nice. 
And then the third book is like a romance fantasy. So that's kind of, that's the lowest priority, but it provides me something fun to just sort of focus on. And that one's actually finished. I'm just editing it. Oh, so yeah. And honestly, The Girl with Mechanical Wings, which is the sequel to The Curiosity Killers, is very close to being done Mm -hmm. a first draft. It's just writing time travel, I always forget for some reason, is so hard. And so hard. It's not the kind of thing you can pick up and put down and remember where you were very easily. I if it's been a couple of days since I've looked at it, I have to go back a little bit. So it's just a slower process. Yeah. And the first book took me like basically three years to really get it from total start to total finish. So, mm-hmm. you know, take this one taking a little bit longer. It's not that surprising. But that yeah, those are my main things. And again, if I do little side things, that's fine. But I've really got to make these the major priority. So yeah, great. What about, what about you? Um, yeah, so I sat down at the end of the year, the beginning of this year, and I was like, I really got to get serious. So I actually have a whole plan. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna, it's part marketing as well. So we're not gonna talk about that stuff. But yeah, I've got a few different goals. The the stuff I have in progress right now are things I want to finish. So I have, I'm revising the first draft of book three in my epic fantasy series mm-hmm. i would really love to get that in really good shape by the end of the year hopefully yeah. publish it next year or maybe at the end of this year we'll see how well it goes <laughs> so i'm excited for that one because it's you know feels like the end of an era sort of oh but it's in a good way like i really love these characters they've been with me for oh gosh like when did we start school 20 20- 2013 so nine years now oh (laughs) yeah so it's it's a good thing i think yeah and i really want to do justice in the final book of the series so that's exciting for me a little nerve-wracking at the same time and then i have a mystery going on that i'm only about ten thousand words into it i started revamping it so I wrote, I've written those 10,000 words twice, but uh, <laughs> I would really love to finish the draft of that. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking ahead to what I do after my epic fantasy series is done. And I am going to try, I don't know how, how well this will work out, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try to do a sort of Discworld like series oh. where everything is set in the same world but they're standalone stories oh cool yeah so i started creating the world which right now i'm calling the sarna i'm not sure if if that'll stick Mm -hmm. and i have a map and the different countries and things so my goal for that this year is to write the world bible to get everything like fleshed out and you know the different cultures and different areas and things like that mm-hmm. and then at least start one book in it and sort of create a book plan for the series mm-hmm. to see like what sort of books I want to write and and the way that I kind of start novel stories is like what do I want to write about mm-hmm. and it's like oh I want to write about like a redeemed villain who now has to 
you know, do good in the world or something. Mm-hmm. Or like, I want to write about this orc who is a sellsword, but she's not really like very political, but then she gets caught up in something political or something. Like it starts with a very tiny seed and then I move out from there. Mm-hmm. So all this book plan that I'm envisioning is just like a one line character type and what happens to them. Oh. If that makes sense. Yeah. And like I said, I was getting serious. So there's more to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to write at least three short stories. Okay. And I want to submit at least one short story to at least two markets. I kept these very low because I was like, let's just <laughs> let's just start slow. And if I yeah. go over them, I'll maybe I'll I'll bump up goal. <laughs> and then I I don't know if I'll get to this one, but I would actually like to submit one poem hmm. to at least one market. Okay. And just kind of see how that goes. But yeah, I I have a lot of plans. We'll see what happens throughout the year. Yeah. I think I need to, at the minimum, dedicate a certain day of the week to creative writing. That sounds like a good plan. Well, and it may float a little bit over over this break because we've both been on kind of, we both have jobs that give us a longer holiday break. Mm-hmm. I did a little rotation of like tasks for conferences, tasks for my nonfiction book, tasks for my day job, and then tasks for creative writing and like rotated through them every day only focusing on two each day Mm -hmm. and so i think i'm gonna try to keep that up even when i go back to work so hoping that helps awesome i like that a lot yeah thank you when do you tend to write do you have dedicated days and times or no i think that's something i need to do as well Mm -hmm. yeah just kind of work it into my schedule i'm gonna wait a bit because i'm on daytime right now so when I move to nighttime, that's when I'll be able to, I think, dedicate an hour or two each morning mm-hmm. to doing that. That's good. But yeah, it's definitely something I need to work into my schedule. Yeah. It's hard. There, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling like, especially where we are in the pandemic, that I need to make time for creativity, restfulness, and social activity, even if it's virtual. Yeah. And that in many ways, those are more important than throwing too far into my day job does that make sense like it does yeah yeah because life is short and we need to life is have short. fun <laughs> yeah. that's that's correct we do need yeah to have fun. we do need to have fun so <laughs> it sounds like you've got great project plans and i thank you you know i used to write a lot of short stories and i really haven't so maybe that's mm-hmm. another thing i could do i did do one one saturday this past fall i did an all-day virtual boot camp and I think I need to get back because I and I was so productive that day. Mm-hmm. And I think I should do that maybe once a month. So like on a Saturday or Sunday. That's just, a good idea. Yeah. yeah. It was really. Like yeah. It was really good. And I used to do that a lot more. So I think I'm going to get back into doing that. Even if it's just by myself, just kind of say today's a big writing push day and just do it. Yeah. That that brings up a good point because I think, uh, well, during our time in school, we had a lot of connection to other writers Uh and we had our critique groups and our classes. And yeah, I remember being on like our Facebook chats, like all the time, constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talking about writing. And now a lot of us have moved into different 
spheres of our lives and our day jobs take up a lot more time. And I think, I feel like we've moved away from that a little bit. So I think one of my goals that I'm going to add is I want to be more dedicated with my writing community Uh and more just interact with them more. And I think that sharing that creative energy will all, will help all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And same. And I also, before our program and also after it, I would still have local in-person writing group meetings that would either write together or critique or both. And the pandemic put the kibosh on that. Mm-hmm. And so I need to I need to also engage with that more. Yeah. I also used to do this thing, and I've probably talked about this on the show before, but when we were actively in our MFA program, I would do most of my work, most of my writing work during my lunch breaks at my day job. Like I would just eat at my desk and just write my thesis for a, a solid hour sometimes. Yeah five days a week. And that's how I got the bulk of it done. And I don't tend to do that now because we're in this weird place of sometimes working from home and sometimes working in in person. And I don't really have a quote unquote lunch hour. And like, because of that flexibility, I let my work encroach on more of my day or I'll do other things during my day, like housework or something. And it's like, you know what? No, I need to have that dedicated lunch hour where maybe I eat during the beginning of it, but then most of it is spent writing. And then I say, okay, that's enough and get back to my day job work. So mm-hmm. it's interesting the things that the pandemic has encroached upon and changed that you don't necessarily think about. Like it was valuable to me to meet once a month at a library with friends and write. And it was valuable to me to write in a dedicated lunch hour. And both of those are kind of taken away from me. And right. There's ways to simulate them that I just haven't explored. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I should I should write more on my lunch break. Yeah. But I'm usually watching TV. <laughs> well, that's also a good use of your time, and I've done that mm-hmm. too. So, <laughs> You know, I will maintain that watching TV is, I think, a good way to rest your creative brain and have it be going subconsciously, um, even if you're not actively writing, and it can inspire quite a lot in your other creative life, even if it's also just things that you want to read or listen to or, or whatever. Like a good TV show can inspire you in ways that you may not know. So I think that's still creative time spent. I agree. Yes. You have to consume fiction in order to write fiction. I think That's right. Yep. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm glad that we both have reading and writing goals that seem attainable as well as a bit challenging. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in us. We can do it. I do too. Yeah. We'll have to do a wrap up at the end of the year year to see if we see what we hit. That's right. (laughs) Well, next week we'll be discussing the television series, Yellow Jackets and Stay Close, as well as some random hobbies we each have. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you want to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. You can also find the show's website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to our merch store. Please rate us and review us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs>